Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Just Saying Podcast. After a little hiatus, Jack and I are back and are bringing you some NFL content. Today, we'll, we will be talking about the head coach firing carousel that has plagued the league recently, the final summation of our weekly game day picks, our season-ending started-off hard award, a preview of the slate of playoff games coming up this weekend, and finally, four questions that could decide the fate of what happens in the remainder of the NFL season. Here we go. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Just Saying Podcast. It's January 13th, 2022. Start of the new year. We haven't, uh, this is our first pod of the new year. We had a little, we were just saying, but right before we started, um, it's been almost three weeks. It's been a minute. Holidays, we got the break for the holidays, and then I unfortunately had COVID in my family. My dad caught it, so couldn't leave the crib uh, and get Jack's family potentially sick, even though I did not contract myself. <laughs> But uh, it's good to be back. It is very good. We're both yeah. back at school, um, starting starting the last semester, and obviously, the NFL season has come to an end. Uh, as we speak, the first playoff game is in two days. So, yep. um, great, great, great playoffs coming up, and we have. Uh, we're obviously going to talk all about it. But let's kind of uh, let's kind of take a little backtrack and sort of sum up what's been going on. Um, so we did a little segment called like hot seat power rankings throughout, throughout the season. I think maybe if we did, you know, 11 or 12 episodes, we probably did it on a little over half of, of our episodes or half, mm-hmm. uh, constantly updating who we thought, you know, was on the hot seat and moving it around. Uh, we, we started off very one for one with Gruden. Yeah. Um, reasons that we didn't predict. Mm-hmm. Um, and then ultimately, we hit every single one that we ever, ever really talked about. Yeah, which is pretty crazy. I think like maybe sometimes it's kind of obvious and like yeah. those candidates should have been fired or those coaches should have been fired. But at the end of the day, like there's some that were kind of like borderline that could have stayed or got fired. So for us to be spot on was kind of cool. Yeah, a hundred. Well, let's let's recap it. So we had David Coley who just got fired this morning. Yeah. Um, that was one that, as I said, I always thought it was a placeholder. Um, we kind of, I think we kind of went back and forth a couple times maybe where it was like, well, is it really his fault? Was he really given a fair chance? Well, it doesn't really matter. He's gone. Uh, Joe judge, like it's looking a little sunny in New York. It is. Yeah. Uh, Brian Flores, the shocker. We'll, we'll get into that right after this. Yeah. Uh, Matt Nagy. There we go. So happy. Um, Mike Zimmer for the Vikings, mm-hmm. which was expected. However, Kind of, it was like, we kind of tossed back and forth. We had that one early, though. We had yeah, that one very I think early. you were the one that called that one out. Uh, that might have been after, like, week three or what, week two. Um, they started that, off really rough. Yeah, that we got yeah. on that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Vic Fangio, which he's going to be a fantastic defensive coordinator for yeah, someone. he always has been. Uh, Urban Meyer. Uh, the kicker of kickers. Yeah, the kicker of kickers. We discussed that one, and then obviously Gruden, as we discussed. Uh, so that made us eight for eight. Yeah. Let's do a little recap of this. Um, let's kick out Gruden, let's kick out uh, Urban, and let's talk Vic Fangio. 
DC or head coach next? I think DC. I think he'll drop back down to DC. Yeah. I think obviously people can see like, and it's hard because that might have not been his fault either because the quarterback position they just couldn't get it right, and yeah. the defense was extremely, extremely talented. Even once they got rid of Von Miller, I think they're actually more. They got better. Yeah, they got better, yeah. which is weird to say. So, kind of tough for him, but like you said, I think he'll be a DC somewhere else, and he'll be really good at what he does wherever yeah, he goes. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's that kind of goes the same for Mike Zimmer up next. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I think step back, um, you know, for Zimmer as opposed to Vic Fangio, I don't know if you can give him, uh, you know, I don't know if you can give him the excuse in terms of if he wasn't given enough. I think with Zimmer, um, it, I mean, it was a roller coaster. I mean, mm-hmm. so they go to the NFC Championship with Case Keenum and – that doesn't work out. Right. Uh, had a great defense, obviously, that year, and kind of caught lightning in a bottle with Case Keenum. Mm-hmm. But since then, you know, Kirk Cousins even had the best year of his career. Ha- just hasn't worked out. The defense and the defense has been the, the issue for the most yeah, part. Yeah, which is weird because he is like the defensive coordinator made into the head coach. Yeah. So, um, so that that is very very concerning. However, I think that teams will happily give him another chance. Yeah, I mean, he's had success. You can't say that he hasn't been successful in the past. So I think just that record and just seeing what he has done will give teams, especially like teams that really, really need a good candidate, like maybe like the Jags or somebody, yeah. kind of a push to, to make that sign. So I think he can make sense in a lot of, like, I guess, desperate locations, quote-unquote. So Matt Nagy? Uh, dude, I don't know. Like, I've been thinking about him. I don't know if anyone will hire him. I'm sure he'll be somewhere probably as an OC, but I can't see him being a head coach, personally. I don't think he gets a head coaching job right away. I think he likely will be back as a head coach at some point, um, just because of the way this league works. Right. Uh, this one is funny, and this is this is just like purely just the most Giants thing ever, just when I close my eyes. Uh, <laughs> Bill O'Brien head coach, Matt Nagy OC. That'd be so gross. Yeah. That'd be really, really gross. I think that oh, New York fans would throw a fit if that actually happened. And but, I feel very bad for them. Mm-hmm. I mean, Matt Nagy can always go to Alabama and and, and restore <laughs> his career. This this is a legitimate option for all the for all the coaches on this list, except for this next one, Brian Flores, the shocker. He'll be somewhere, and I actually heard today that he has some ties to the Texans already, right? Uh, through um. Who is it? Is it through the GM, right? Yeah, yeah through uh, Casario, because Casario was the New England, yeah. Um, I think if I'm a Dolphins fan, I'd be devastated. Dude, yeah, because, I mean, although you started off, like, what, 0-7, they yeah. finished... 1-7. 1-7. Then they, they won 7 in a row. Uh-huh. And, and then they, they finished... 9-8? Yeah. So... Yes, it started off bad, but you also... I mean, to turn it around completely, 180, like, very impressive. Um, I don't know if you saw the report, but apparently... Various. This is obviously speculation, but apparently he told uh, Tua during the season that he should have uh, gone and got... Who was it? Mac, Mac Jones? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I saw that. I was actually going to bring that up. And I also... What I heard was that... I think this was reported from was it Rappaport maybe that there was a, there was a friction between Chris Greer the GM and Flores in terms of like who was truly running the show, and uh, you know two two one yeah two one as of right now yeah. two two one 
So, and that's interesting. And I saw saw this online. This goes a lot deeper than just uh, the ability to like to actually hand over the draft capital. But uh, Brian Flores was pretty much the guy behind the Deshaun Watson to Miami. Uh, oh, really? Train, I, I'm pretty oh. sure. So I wonder how that affects it uh, if Sean Watson ends up being available for trade and play because I'm pretty sure the, the, the Miami deal, as, as we talked about early, early in these podcasts, was pretty contingent on the, the, all the lawsuits being cleared right. up and it never happened. Mm-hmm. Um, so something to watch. A lot of Tua hate, huh? Coming from Flores. That's a lot of Tua hate. And Tua had a stretch, albeit against bad teams. Uh, he played very well. Yeah, for a point in time, but that one, very, very, very surprised. And as I, I've said, I think uh, Flores to Chicago and Minnesota are the two teams to uh, watch. The Raiders wouldn't surprise me, but I think that the um, uh, what's his name? Who's the Raiders interim coach? Is oh, like Rich Pasicchia. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I think yeah. he. I think he deserves a shot. Well, yeah, especially yeah. after they made the playoffs through yeah. all they've gone through. I for sure think. He'll be back. I mean, you can't. I mean, you can not give him the job, but just through what he's done and all that he's dealt with, I think he'll have a job there next year. I would sure. agree. I would agree. Um, so, on to the next one, Joe Judge. That one, they were a little stubborn at first. They tried to hold out. You know, they weren't going to fire him. But then Dave Gettleman retires the GM, and uh, Joe Judge gets fired, and potentially a new era. I think they need a refresh yeah, in kind no. of all facets. Mm-hmm. Head coach, maybe even quarterback. Get uh, rid of Daniel Jones. Yeah, I would agree. And then David Coley, as we talked about first, uh, not surprised at all. I, You know, personally, I kind of was. I was on the train that even though we both said he would get fired at some point, I was on the it's only been one year, give him another shot type yeah. train. But I guess they're just cleaning house over there fresh fresh start over there in Houston so I guess it makes sense at the end of the day they've been terrible for the past couple of years so yeah it's it seemed uh for them like I said it seemed inevitable for me mm-hmm. but um r- random though I think something that hasn't been acknowledged the Raiders they kind of deserve some props for for how they've handled all this like it's a uh, it's pretty crazy I'll be I don't think the Raiders are that good um I think that like they could very easily just get wiped out of this first round of the playoffs mm-hmm. um which we'll get into but I don't know I just think that to lose a up-and-coming star wide receiver in that fashion a starting corner mm-hmm. randomly uh you know a head coach early on right. obviously and all the spotlight around you and in no good way. Mm-hmm. And then another corner, what, Nate, what, DUI, yeah, yeah exactly, gets a DUI a couple weeks ago. And uh, it all comes down to them in the last week. They controlled their destiny and they, they won two in a row against the Colts and uh, the Chargers. Jack and I both wanted to tie. On the, we wanted to tie. In, in the Chargers game. It would have made things more interesting. By the way, let, let's get into that game a little bit. That was a crazy game. That was a wild game. What an ending to the season. That was like an unforgettable... I'll, I'll never forget this season purely because of that. That was like the perfect cap. It was. I mean? It actually was the perfect cap. And But that game, though, is something like kind of what you were just referencing. I'm not very high on the Raiders because how can you let the Chargers go 6-for-6 six six on... 
fourth down conversions. A, a lot of the times, what, like fourth and 10, fourth and 15, and they would, I guess, Herbert would somehow find an open receiver who were gassed. Yeah. So with uh, Burrow and uh, Jamar Chase coming in town, I don't, and a lot of other young star wide receivers there in uh, Cincinnati, I'd be kind of worried for the corners back situation. Yeah, I, uh, I'd have to agree. <laughs> yeah. I'd have to agree for sure. Um, that game was, first of all, I do not think a quarterback should throw the ball 64 times. That's, that's my... Do we know if that was the most this season? I, I don't know. That's a good question. I can look it up really quick. But don't think that should happen. I uh, am a little concerned for Justin Herbert's arm. Shoulder must not be feeling too well. You, okay, so that was the most this season. 64 attempts against the Raiders. By Justin Herbert. But yeah, I mean, you have to imagine after the game, you're getting iced up immediately. Yeah. And like doing nothing. 100%. Just laying laying around, especially the whole next day. Like your arm would be so exhausted. I can't even imagine. Especially with the pace that he throws the ball at. like Rifle. It is a rifle. So you'd be absolutely exhausted. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. Should we cover our picks? Yeah, let's get into our picks. I mean, so just a quick recap. Jack and I, I think... We've been taking care of our picks as we've gone along. Um, but so, came down to week 18. I was up one. and Came so down to the last game. Came down to the last game. Uh, the Raiders won. Jack picked the Raiders. I picked the Chargers. Which meant, somehow, someway, throughout the 240 games that we picked, because we did actually miss week 17, um, Jack and I tied. Which is kind of insane to say. Um, pretty stupid. It's pretty ridiculous that we tied, but we did pick correctly 65% of the time, both of us. 65%. Yeah. And I think we had a, we counted a half purely because of a tie. We, we had I think the, we both, like I picked you, the It was Lions the Steelers game, right? the Steelers or yeah, something, yeah. so we just split those. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, wow. Yeah. It really I, I actually, that, that's something that I kind of have to marvel over because with that many games and that many picks you think yeah. there'd be no way but kind of a one-of-a-kind one stat somehow we did it talking about a random one-of-a-kind stat um i don't know if you saw that i tweeted this out but i th- this just made me think of it um i did a little backtracking uh in the and this kind of coincides with us recapping the end of the season in the last 30 years seven teams have missed the playoffs with the league's leading rusher uh, the 2021 Colts with Jonathan Taylor going nine and eight were the seventh team in the past 30 years. Uh, if you're curious, I'm going to list them off real quick. Um, 2011 Jags with Maurice Jones Drew, they went five and 11. Hmm. 2010 Texans, Arian Foster, they go six and 10. 2009 Titans, Chris Johnson, they go eight and eight. So three years in a row, 09, 2010, and 11. Mm-hmm. Crazy. Uh, 2002 Dolphins go nine and seven with Ricky Williams. The 2001 Chiefs go six and ten with Priest Holmes, and the 1996 Lions go five and eleven with Barry Sanders. A lot of great running backs. He just listed. a lot of great running backs, and I think that the next team was like the 91 or 92 Lions. So it's truly seven of the last like 35 years have missed the playoffs. That's crazy. Makes it about 20. percent So you have an 80 percent chance of uh, in the last 35 years. Of making the playoffs with the league's leading rusher. And somehow the Colts found the other 15, right? Yeah. And we, we had a little 10-year run. So I, I noticed this, too. Uh, 2001 Chiefs, 2011 Jags, 2021 Colts. 
on like a 10-year basis the league's leading rusher has missed the has missed the playoffs let's talk about that game though oh dude we have to talk about that ending i think because we've talked about it before but i think like what i just keep thinking about is as a colts fan as a colts player and coach you go into that game against the jaguars who had won two games to that point or three maybe wasn't it two was that their third one right i think it was your third yeah so they won two games to that point struggled basically against any decent defense which the colts have a pretty good defense so you're just going in that game thinking, oh, we're going to win this. We're going to go to the playoffs. All is well. And a lot of teams are going to be scared of us in the playoffs because of the way that we can run the ball. There was a team that no one wanted to face. Exactly, yeah. And uh, Also, they, but they hadn't won in Jacksonville in eight years. That is a very bizarre stat. When you told me that, I did not believe it yeah. at all. But end of the day, they did not win in Jacksonville again. Um, Carson Watts. He's got to go. That's all, all I can say. He's got to go. Uh, I think, and I, I saw a tweet that pretty much summed this up. I think regardless of what you want to say in your press conferences as a coach or in, as a fan, that you can win with Carson Wentz or, you know, Carson Wentz is this and Carson Wentz is better than people think. Uh, actually, like always actions speak louder than words. And the Colts were terrified of Carson Wentz down the stretch. And this is a guy that carved up the Cardinals and beat the Cardinals, so he fully deserves that recognition. Carson, <laughs> Carson Wentz destroyed the Cardinals. Uh, they were terrified of him. They, I mean, they were throwing the ball twenty-three times a game those mm-hmm. the, the last four weeks, five weeks. Um, even if you're winning, that says a lot. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, you don't trust him for sure. And I actually have a hypothetical. Hmm. I, like obviously, it's very far fetched, but. If the Colts had actually brought in Phillip Rivers and he had needed to play for that game, do you think he would have won that game? Do you think the Colts would have won rather than having... That's interesting. One play? Uh, I have no way of, of giving a confident answer like of what Phillip Rivers would look like off the couch. Very true, yeah. His physical uh, state. However, I would say that like when you watch that game, there was something different about it. Like... That was one of those moments where you know, like, it was like okay, so it was, it was all ri- it was it was like the elephant in the room. Mm-hmm. So the Colts haven't won here in eight years. They need to win this game to go to the playoffs. If they make the playoffs, who the, like no one wants to face them. Yeah, exactly. Everything kind of shapes out, so it's like okay, if the Colts lose, like everyone's just gonna pass them up. They're eliminated, mm-hmm. and they get in this game, and it starts with what Trevor Lawrence goes eight for eight, nine for nine, marches right down the field. I've never seen a drive like that from Trevor Lawrence. Well, yeah, I was going to say it was his best game of the season. Yeah, I, I mean, they unlocked him. Mm-hmm. Uh, never seen a drive like that. And I started thinking to myself, okay, wow, this is this is different. And then <laughs> after, like, just simultaneous, I mean, not simultaneous, after constant three and outs and, and just, like, getting into, like, fourth and one and getting in, Jonathan Taylor getting stuffed mm-hmm. and total inability to run the ball and look physical up front which is their you know that's what they do yeah i just was it, it was really really weird to watch after a while like i could feel the turn and i was like they have no chance they, they got down like 13 3 or something i was like this is done there's there's no chance i just remember i was watching because i think the bears are playing at the exact same time so i was watching the bears game and all of a sudden i see the bottom line pop up mm-hmm. and it showed the colts were up by like 14 or something and i was like or no, sorry, the Jackson. Jaguars were up by like 14 or something. I was like, wait, like, no, like this can't be happening to them. But dude, such a surprise game. Very unfortunate for Colts fans like our friend Carl. 
mm-hmm. that they have to deal with that burden. But yeah. it is what it is. They'll have another year. I think, though, um, they do need to look into quarterbacks. Uh, I think that, and, and Sammy said this take uh, to me, and I think it's a great take, so I'm just going to copy his take and act like it's mine. Uh, the The Colts are a roster that's built to win now and and ready to win now, and they need that quarterback that can get them over the hump to win now, and they thought they just traded for it. Mm-hmm. So now they're in a spot where they get to the. And I don't need to like you know what I mean. I don't I don't need to lay it back out. They they miss the playoffs and they also lose their first round pick that via the terms of the the trade. Um, so you're in a spot where you thought you traded for the guy. Now you're down a first round pick, and now you're just floating. You know what I mean? That's yeah. in, you're you're in limbo, and that's kind of the worst spot to be in in the NFL, mm-hmm. especially without a first round pick. Right. So. You know when you're the Bears, because this is different. Now we're we're talking about two teams without a first round pick. Mm-hmm. When you're the Bears, you have the quarterback, and you and you like you know that you have the skill set, and now it's just about surrounding him. When you're the Colts, you have the surroundings, and you just swung on the quarterback that you thought you got the veteran quarterback, and you did not hit. Yeah, that's a big problem for them. Yeah. I think like also though, if they did have that first round pick, like if you're the Colts, do you use that on a quarterback? Because Young quarterbacks take time to develop, and like you were saying, Sammy said, they are in win now mode. They have the roster to win now. Do you think they would have the time to bring a rookie in and develop him? I think no, but also at the same time, like no roster is perfect, and they they also have holes. Okay. They do not. They simply do not have enough playmakers on the team. Like mm-hmm. they have Jonathan Taylor, and that that's actually let me take that back. Not enough. They have the league's leading rusher and a thousand yard receiver and Michael Pittman. They needs they need a true receiver that. And for them to be elite, I think, and, and, and contend, they need a receiver that warrants every single week we have to we have to game plan for this receiver. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And any team can say that. Like, the right. Bears can say that, and that would make them so much better, obviously. If you, if you drop Justin Jefferson on 31 other NFL teams, they'd be better. But, like, they truly need just another weapon or maybe even two weapons that are like six, six, seven hundred yard receivers Mm -hmm. to just come in and and, and help them out. Because, uh, like I said, every roster has holes. Their their secondary has some issues. They can beef up up front a little bit. Their pass rush was supposed to be better. It wasn't as good as they thought. Um, so obviously they could always, they could always get better. But just to highlight on what I said, like the receiving room, uh, Michael Pittman, 1,082 yards in every ga- in 17 games played. The next highest receiver is Zach Paschal with 384 yards. Big drop off. Do you think like not that he'd be a wide receiver one by any means, or even that secondary? Like he'd have to fall into that secondary role. But Ty Hilton, do you think he could ever get back up to that caliber as he was a couple of years ago? Now that he's back from injury. I think it's over. You think it's over? I, I think it's I over. kind of agree with you as well. I mean, he played ten games, three hundred and thirty-one yards. It was it was clear he was kind of lingering issues all year, and I think I want to say out of his three hundred yards, that like maybe fifty, almost fifty percent of them are rooted in Texans games, maybe. Uh, <laughs> okay. Uh, he definitely did lose a step, just with his speed too, and he's kind yeah. of a smaller guy, so he's he, got to. He's older, and there's nothing wrong. He's thirty-two. Like he's going to turn thirty-three soon. Like it's it's over. I think that they need to go, and they and they have a lot of cap money this offseason. I mm-hmm. want to say something in the line of like seventy million. 
So they, they have pairs, players of their own to pay and to get ready to pay. However, I think that they need to go out there and, and, and take a swing at a, uh, at a free agent wide receiver. So who would that be for you? So the free agent wide receiver class is actually very interesting. You, uh, and it's funny you say that because I was looking at it this morning. Um, and the only reason I bring that, or I was looking at it this morning, is so the Christian Kirk, one of the Cardinals wide receivers, is going to be a free agent. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I used to think that he was going to be resigned. However, I've kind of flipped over, and I do not think that the Cardinals will resign him this offseason. And, and I'll tell you why. Is, uh, so you look at the class, and it's Devontae Adams, the top person. Absolutely. I think that it's either going to be a resign in, in the Packers, and that's going to be clear, or someone's going to be paying him a lot of money, and that's going to be kind of like exclusive to a group of teams that can pay him. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, 100%. Uh, from, I also think with him, sorry to cut you off, I also think with him the only way that he'll leave is if Aaron Rodgers leaves. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. He's, he's If if Rodgers is staying, he's not leaving. 100%, yeah. I think that's kind of like a, a package deal. Mm-hmm. Great point. Uh, Godwin, off an ACL, you would think he resigns. Very... Very interesting. Very very interesting to watch. Mm-hmm. Allen Robinson, I have no idea how the hell you pay that guy confidently. Well, I you can't now after the season he just put up. I have no idea how you do, but he's going to get money. He will. I don't think it's the money that he wanted to get even from the Bears this past season that he yep. was complaining about. And um, I, you can't. He had one touchdown and only 400 yards. Like he's just not wide receiver one at least he wasn't this past season maybe he, he's only I mean he's 28 he's been bright in his prime so maybe he could get that form on a different team but I, he just wasn't into it this season he just did not care about yeah. playing football for the Chicago Bears exactly and then from there you kind of have the that, that's when Christian Kirk comes in you have Michael Gallup who blew out his knee unfortunately in the Cardinals game uh, Braxton Berrios who I would think is going to be re-signed by the Jets really interesting Will Fuller who knows with Will Fuller Juju, who's apparently healthy now, is going to mm-hmm. play. AJ Green, Mike Williams, you would think would resign, and uh, you know from there you kind of just have like the the, the next level of players. Yeah. So I, I and I brought that up because I think that Christian Kirk will ultimately become kind of a, a hot commodity because of how fast that market will kind of dry up. Mm-hmm. Um, I could see a player like him going to Indianapolis, a true deep threat. That's he's probably one of the better like deep route runners in the league. Um, really, really quick, young, 25 years old. I can see that one. Um, but I just think they need someone. They need help. Yeah, yeah absolutely. They, they definitely need help. Where do you think, because this is kind of off topic a little bit, so I'm diverging a bit, but where do you think, because Odell will also be a free agent. Where I forgot you, to bring him up. Yeah, where do you think he'll go? Do you think he resigns in L.A.? Do you think they have the money to do so? Or if they even want him back in the first place? He hasn't, he hasn't been too much. He's been more productive than he was in Cleveland, though. Ask me that next week. Okay. Ask me that next I'll week. I'll remember to do that. We'll uh, we'll think about it. Right. Um, I think that that will truly depend upon how the season ends, because I think that that will ultimately dictate a lot of things with the Rams going okay. forward. Yeah, you that makes I mean? sense. Yeah, that completely makes sense. Um, and then someone like AJ Green, I think that he will get signed for more than you think, and I think he's sneakily had a very very good year, Dude. even though he's been lackadaisical at, at times. I didn't even know that he was thirty three. Yeah, he's that, that's pretty crazy because he he still looks pretty young, and I feel like he's been at the top. Obviously, he's not in a wide receiver one position anymore, but well, right now he is. Yeah, exactly. That's true. Want to hear something crazy though? This okay. and this is, I I think this is pretty nuts. When you have guys like you know, Cooper Cup, 
or uh, Justin Jefferson, Devontae Adams, whatever, getting well in excess of 100 receptions. I mean, like, Cooper Cup would get, like, 145 receptions. Mm-hmm. On 54... Let me make sure I got this right. On 54 catches, A.J. Green had 850 yards. I think I had heard you mention that before. Yeah. At 33 years old, I think that's fairly fairly impressive. That is, yeah, so, for sure. Um, you can definitely help a team. You can definitely be yeah. that wide receiver, too, if not for the Cardinals or somebody else. I, I would agree. So, uh, and interestingly, the the Chiefs have a bunch of receivers hitting the market. They got Byron Pringle and Demarcus Robinson, both are speedsters, and they'll definitely be looking to get another receiver in there to kind of back up. Uh, and Josh Gordon. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, wow, we kind of went on a massive tangent. <laughs> uh, let's do, let's do our started off hard. Yeah, we haven't done this in a while. Let's yeah, let's. Uh, we'll give it a second right here. All right, LeBron going out. So, I feel since it's the end of the season, I kind of brought this up last minute right before we started. Maybe we should just give it a started off hard of the year. You know okay. what I mean? Um, who really had the best? Who really just had like a killer year and just mm-hmm. in, in, as as it says, started off hard. Mm-hmm. Why don't you go first? We'll, we'll alternate. We'll go two. Okay, so I have I have both an offensive and defensive player. I do I'll too. I'll start with my... We're going to have the same guys, I already feel. Probably not defensive, because mine's a bear. Okay, never So mind. I chose Robert Quinn, just okay. kind of as like, almost like a comeback player of the year, and I think he yep. should win that award uh, when the NFL does hand out those end-of-season awards, because, so, he played 16 games, had 38 tackles, 11 assists, uh, 49 combined tackles, 17 tackles for a loss, and then the big number is 18 and a half sacks, and he mm-hmm. actually was second in the league um, at one point before T.J. Watt went on a rampage the past couple or the last couple of games. He was leading the NFL. Mm-hmm. Um, he also now holds the Bears' sack record for a season, which is pretty crazy. It's very, very uh, cool. Super cool to say, and yeah. especially like coming off last year, he only had two sacks and like 10 tackles or something like that. So. Historic defense franchise. Yeah, of course. Yeah, so huge, huge, Very cool. huge improvement. That's why I just had to kind of give him a shout out and put him in there for me. Um, he had a hell of a season, especially with no Khalil Mack on the other side, doing it by himself. Also, not the young. He's not old by any means, but he's not the youngest guy. What is he like? 30, 31, 32? Um, he, he, yeah, he is pretty old. Hold on. Me, I know he's not like mid to late thirties. I know that. I but don't know, dude. He's he's got to be like he's got to be thirty at least. That hairline jersey. He's thirty one. Okay, so yeah, that's pretty very very impressive. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna follow that up with a player you mentioned, and I gotta do T.J. Watt. Uh, twenty two and a half sacks, twenty one tackles for loss, uh, seven passes defended. What? That's a weird. Yeah, that is pretty crazy. Weird. Five forced fumbles, three for, uh, fumbles recovered. Um, he's scary good. Super good. He tied the sack record. Yep. Scary, scary, scary good at mm-hmm. football. Um, he's. He, I mean, I I can't really say anything else. He he tied the sack record. He only played fifteen games, and it's a seventeen game season now. So like, I mean, that that's just outrageous to to really think about. Well, those so. are the big controversies now, right? If records really count, if you break them in the seventeenth game, which is funny because he only played fifteen. Yeah, exactly. So it wouldn't have even mattered. So it's like, so he has the record in my book. Also, mm-hmm. uh, um, I don't know if you're my my dad's one of those old heads that complained about it, but my dad 
to this day, whenever it's brought up, gets very angry about Michael Strahan's uh, illegitimate sack record. Uh, because Didn't the quarterback fall down. Brett Favre yeah. ran right at him and slid down. And yeah, gave him, exactly. Gave him the sack. Yeah. Uh, riles my dad up. Really? Riles my dad up. So did he have a favorite player that had the sack record at that time? No, no. He just is like thinks it does count. He thinks it's disgraceful that that it's a, a fake record and that Michael Strahan like celebrated after getting it and like and and is championed as like a record holder without a little asterisk next to it. That's fair. Yeah, I think that's fair. It's fair. It's totally fair. It's just a boomer take. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, so my second guy, offensive, you might have the same exact person. You just can't... It's kind of a cop-out, but you can't not mention him. Cooper Cup. It is. I mean, so over the past season, like you said, 145 receptions, 1,947 receiving yards, 16 touchdowns, and then he also um, averaged 114 and a half yards a game, which is... Pretty crazy because he did play um, some good defenses, obviously, throughout his yep. season. So, very good for him. He definitely, like, without him, I don't know if the Rams would be as good as they are because he's just been really, really helping Matt Stafford kind of in that offense. So, yeah, I agree. I don't know uh, if you have anything else to say about him. There's not much to say. I'm going to, just for the for fun, I'm going to kind of jump off that because you brought up a comeback player of the year with Robert Quinn. I'm going to unfortunately inform you that it's going to have to be Joe Burrow or Dak Prescott. Uh, and I'm going, to t- I'm going to shine some light on Joe Burrow this year. Um, I totally rid him off. Thought that the Bengals were going to be one of the worst teams in the NFL. Um, they're in the playoffs, if you didn't know. Yeah. Uh, and Joe Burrow had an unbelievable season. Mm-hmm. He is borderline you know, top five quarterback right now in the NFL. Uh, 70% completion percentage, 4,600 yards, 34 touchdowns, 14 interceptions, and he missed a game. Um, those those numbers on a 16-game basis, like, you know, as we said, like the old 16-game basis, that's typically like a quarterback one season right there. So really, really incredible. Off, yeah. off surgery, uh, off a surgically repaired knee. That now, guy's guy's very cool. Yeah, I was just gonna mention too when I was in Chicago and saw him play the Bears, that was not a good game in like by any means for him. Mm-hmm. And I was a little worried because he did look kind of overly conscious of his knee and what he was doing out there when whether he was moving or staying in the pocket or whatever it was. Um, so I was a little worried for him too. And he did have his rough patches throughout the season, but he definitely finished very very strong. Yeah, uh, exactly, exactly. So I. Uh, I'm very excited for that game, actually. Will you, let's do our last segment, and let's kind of do a little preview of the games. You want yeah, to do that? Let's do it. So I'll, uh, I'll do a little ex- explanation. So we'll, we're doing four questions, and we're just going to do a little, a little mini discussion. It's going to be four questions that we think define, that are going to define the, this, these NFL playoffs. Um, can be anything. And we're just kind of going to pose the question, then kind of talk it out, and uh, sort of talk about its significance. Yeah. Do you want to start us off since this was your idea? Uh, here, yeah, actually, I got to pull up the stat really quick. I'm sorry. There you I'm, go. I'm a little unprepared. Um, but my first one, oh, of course, I don't have it pulled up. Do you want me to start? I can yeah, start with yeah. Okay, so my first one is: Can the Chiefs successfully utilize the bend not break method? And I'm saying this because obviously, earlier on in the season, consistency was a huge, huge struggle for them, and whether it be Patrick Mahomes' streaky play with his picks or just the defense in general, which is not a historically good defense, um, it cost them games. Mm -hmm. 
Um, although this year the defense has been better than usual, um, but playoff football is all about physicality and teams bring their best effort every single game. Um, so if they want to have a good shot at going to the Super Bowl, which I do at this point because they've been on a heater recently, winning a ton of games and playing more consistently than they had been, I think they need to clean up a little bit. Yep. Even now, I still think they need to clean up a little bit. But I like agree. I said, they have been rolling. So if, as long as they can you know, at least cover up the mistakes that they do make, I think they have a really good shot at going to the Super Bowl. I would wholeheartedly agree. I think that um, early on, I know we talked about it, we were, wow, I think at one point we labeled our podcast like the Chiefs, the bottomed out Chiefs. I think, yeah, uh, that was and, the title. Yeah. And, and we were pretty pretty spot on there. Um, pat, a little pat on the back. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, they they seem to be deadly when they're simple and everything, obviously, like any other offense, is, is happy and simple and chugging. And sometimes it's just too much. They're just going for too much. They're trying to do too much. They're going for the 14-point play. Um, yeah, so I, I cannot wait. And one of my questions sort of has to do with that, uh, has to do with the Chiefs. But I think that's a great question, and I think that that will likely – that the answer to that question right there will probably decide who wins the Super Bowl this year. Absolutely. And I think it, I just something to note, too, and we talked about it numerous times throughout the course of our podcast, but – they were last in their division, and now they're the second seed in the playoffs. So, quite the uh, quite the turnaround for the Chiefs. And uh, just just because we're, we're we're thinking about that, I think we did a little predictions on who on what what would happen and what we saw. We definitely had the Broncos falling out, mm-hmm. and I think we 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 had a little like decision whether it's going to be the Raiders or the Chargers. I think at one point, and I think we both went opposite ways. I'd be curious to to go back and see because it ultimately came down to those two spots. I think you're 100 percent right, and. I think you picked the Raiders and I picked the Chargers because I was really high on Herbert. And really? I think so. That's interesting. You must have been right, yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, okay, so my first question is going to be, and, I, and it's funny because the question only applies to the first game. However, I think it's going to be big. Can Josh Allen and the Bills overcome the cold and their division foe? Long-time division foe. Yeah. Um, it's always interesting. We have two instances of it this this playoffs. Very interesting when you get to see a team a third time in a season. Yep. Um, and when I say, and I'm just going to leave that statement separate to this. Uh, when I say, can the Bills and Josh Allen overcome the cold? I, uh, I saw this stat on Twitter. So the forecast right now for the Bills game, which is in Buffalo, calls for zero degrees at kickoff. That's going to be so terrible to play in. Horrible, horrible. Uh, Josh Allen, when it's under freezing, 30, 31 degrees or cooler, uh, he's 3-2, and two, not that big of a deal. 50% completion percentage, 167 yards per game, 6 touchdowns, 7 interceptions. Mm. Um, so I actually, I probably should have gone back and looked at all these games. They may have been a little centric in his first, in his first two years when he was a much different player. However... It was very clear when the, these teams played the first time, when the cold really affected the matchup, that the Patriots are, as we know, a very physical team. And, so, dude, they're and, running down their yeah. throats. And if this game gets ugly, I am going to be very sorry for the Bills because I think that they might be the best team in the NFL when when they're clicking. And I think that they could get kicked out for an unfortunate reason if they can't, can't overcome this. So you're back on the Bills bandwagon then? Uh, Not necessarily bandwagon, but on the train, so to speak. 
we'll, we'll do a Super Bowl prediction at the end. And for for the past week, I for, I'll tell you this: last week when I gave my Super Bowl prediction, I said it's going to be Bills Bucks. I've changed my mind on part of it, I think, and I'm going to kind of mull it throughout this episode. But we'll talk about it in a little bit. So you're not like Julian Edelman putting 100k down on Pat's Bucks. <laughs> I'm I'm definitely not putting money on the Pats to to, to win the Super Bowl. Uh, or go to the Super Bowl. I I think that when when Mac Jones is going to have to win them games, it's going to be questionable. Yeah, he's well, too young. He's a rookie. It's fine. It's not a great first uh, playoff game to go into when you have to play in zero degree weather. You never want to do it, but it's essential because you got to slay that dragon at some point. Yeah, he's going to have to be there again. Tom Brady played in multiple cold weather games while yeah. he was in a. Uh, New England, so that's tough. You, exactly. I hope their uh, big puffy jackets, their parkas that they wear, yeah. are very, very warm. Me too. On a very considerate of you. Saturday, Sunday. That's a that's the Saturday night game. Okay. It's a beautiful, Saturday. it's a beautiful time slot for that game. Yep. Beautiful time slot. All right. So, kind of a perfect transition actually into my next question. So, my next question is: Will injuries be the pitfall of Tom Brady's nineteenth career playoff run? Can we let's just combine it? We have I have the same. I have okay. So I said, can the Bucks overcome injuries in the secondary and on offense? Yeah, that was my third question. Perfect. Um, they're beat up. Great minds think alike. Yeah. First of all, mm-hmm. uh, did not take really much of a great mind to know that <laughs> that the Bucks are absolutely slaughtered with injuries. Terrible, dude. Um, wide receivers all burnt out except for Mike Evans, and he was walking off gingerly at one point in their last game. Um, Ron's mentioned AB went rogue. We didn't we, t- we, we didn't touch on oh that, but my. he went absolutely rogue against the Jets. AB went rogue. Should we give, should we give it forty five seconds? Let's give it forty five seconds. Let's talk about it. So AB walks off the field. Uh, it turns out there it's a he said she said. Uh, so was told to get off the field. However, like was told to get in when he's injured. Sort of a dispute. Not really sure what. I, I mean, tough to believe a guy who just faked his vax card. Yeah. Then he posted. Real text from him and his coach, who yeah. the coach introduced himself first thing, which is kind of odd. All sort of weird. Uh, however, I can also, from the other side, see like totally how NFL teams pressure players oh, to play. 100%. Yeah. Um, I don't think we're ever going to know what happened. No, we're never going to know. Uh, most bizarre thing I've ever seen. Super bizarre. He was like kind of proud about it. And then interviews. Had to get, had to get an Uber. To leave the stadium was just so funny, and he's doing interviews. He's like, he's like, oh yeah, all over the place. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right, we'll we'll leave it at that. So, wide receivers all all beat up. Mm-hmm. Uh, they just got Shaquille Barrett back. I think they just activated him this morning. Yeah, limited participation. I looked up their uh, injury list and okay. their designations. There's a ton of limited or did not participate. Like Richard Sherman's done. He's done for the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, are they getting Sean Murphy Bunting and Carlton Davis back? Do we know? Both of those. So Sean Murphy Bunting is also listed as a limited participant for today's practice. Okay. Uh, who is your other who is the other one? Just Carlton Davis or any of the corners. I don't Carlton Davis might be. Um I might be even misspeaking. Richard Robinson, uh, who's a corner, also a limited participant. Those are the only two. Cornerbacks that are oh, actually Jamel Dean was okay. also a limited participant. Okay, that's why I meant Jamel Dean. Yeah. Okay, Carlton Davis is, is healthy. Jamel Dean's a safe. So player. all three of them technically could play if they feel good enough to go. You would um, think so. You would think yeah. so. Yeah. I would also kind of be worried. I don't know. It says his shoulder, so I'm sure he'll be fine. They're just probably resting him, but Ryan Jensen is also on that list. That, that's a, yeah, that's an interesting one you got to watch. Um, let me also throw this at you. Didn't, uh, I'm sorry, didn't uh, Fournette was activated today too, wasn't he? I heard Fortnite, but I know you didn't say Fortnite. Uh, Fortnite. Oh, Lame. I have no idea. I think he was, but 
<laughs> That's a huge piece for them, too, because he was playing really well before he got hurt. He was. And let, let me throw this at you real quick, too, because I actually, um, for the first time in my life, I like the Eagles in right now. I, I think that they're a fun franchise for the first time. I've always loved the Midnight Green jerseys. I've always, always hated the Eagles, and I can't really describe it. I'll, I mean, the Cardinals played them in a massive playoff game. We beat them. Uh, and, like, I've just kind of, like, always associated, like, gross fans and nasty people with them. Is it just bird bias? Uh, that's actually a good question. No, I just think that they're, like, they're just known as, like, a dirty franchise. You know right. what I mean? Like, yeah. there's, like, crazy fans. people. Yeah, yeah, crazy people. Yeah. Um, but I really, really, really like uh, uh, Nick Sirianni, and I really like Jalen Hurts. I've been a truther and uh, Jalen Hurts truther for a minute. Uh, like the way the team's constructed also. Mm-hmm. Very physical. That also brings into this. Sunday's forecast in Tampa Bay. Low of 50, high of 65, 95% chance of Wayne, rain. <laughs> Wayne. Uh, uh, of rain. Uh, 22 miles per hour winds. That's really cold for Tampa. That is really gross, yucky in every way. Dude, yeah. And fully, in my opinion, plays into the kind of football the Eagles want to play. But I also think Tom Brady wins games like that. He does win games like that, and you and you see that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. However, the Eagles are very physical up front on both sides of the ball, mm-hmm. and they run the ball very, very well. I think they, they might have the best rushing offense in the NFL. That would be an interesting upset, even though, like... I think it's it's very, very unlikely. But I, I could see it happening, though. Yeah. That's the thing. Like, I don't think, because we just mentioned, the Bucks are so plagued by injury that if the Eagles did come in with all this weather and just snatched one from them... It'd be crazy, and it wouldn't be the wouldn't be the first time the Eagles have beaten Brady. Exactly, it wouldn't, it wouldn't have been <laughs> yeah, counted out. That is true. But I fully agree that it's possible. It's it's also just like in my head. I think it's like LeBron in the first round, Brady in the wild card. Yeah, just doesn't. When do you really see him get upset? Mm-hmm. You know, like Mark San- Mark Sanchez beat him one time or t- two times in the playoffs when he wasn't supposed to. Mm-hmm. You know, he, you know the the Titans sent Brady out of New England his last year with New England when he threw that pick six to Logan Ryan to end it. But like other than that, you just don't really see it. Yeah. Um can't wait to watch that game. That's gonna be really good. All the They're games all are gonna be pretty good, right? The, the Chiefs the, the, the Chiefs Steelers is probably the shakiest. We're uh, gonna say that and then the Steelers are gonna win. Did and you then see Big the, Ben's gonna win a Super Bowl. Wait, did you see the Big Ben interview? No. I'm gonna play it over air. I have to. Uh this made me think that the Steelers might just win this game. Is he pretty riled up about everything? No, just he, just wait till you hear it. I'm the team on the back. I'm gonna. It's like forty seconds. Oh, dude, I don't know. Most bizarre interview I've ever ever seen. We haven't discussed it, but I think um, you know. I would, I would assume as a group, you understand that you know we probably aren't supposed to be here. We're probably not a very good football team. We're the <laughs> out of fourteen teams I think are in. We're probably number fourteen. Um, we're double-digit underdog in the playoffs, so let's just go play and have fun and see what happens. Uh, yeah, I mean we're probably twenty-point underdogs, and we're going to the number one team. The number one team that's—I know they're not the number one team, but they're the number one team that's won the AFC the last two years. Um, arguably the best team in football. Um, we don't have a chance, so let's just go in and play and have fun. <laughs> we haven't discussed that. It, is but like scary. He's super confident. How scary is that? That they're just the worst. The way he ends it, we don't have a chance. Okay, so as a player, so in your own mind, you're a wide receiver, someone on the offense, even the defense, it doesn't even matter. You're seeing your starting quarterback who's supposed to take you to these wins say that? I think you love it. You think? I think I, I would get pissed. I think that I think that they, I think that 
they have something up their sleeve. I don't know. I don't know what he's it just is. like being so nonchalant that he's trying to get. It's like off it's their reverse case. psychology. It's it's well maybe that works on the team too that way. He's being so like that that everyone's gonna get pissed and then play super well. I think it's one of those things also. It's like just one of those inexplicable things in life. Like you know when you like go to play pickup basketball, you're not thinking about it. You're so relaxed. You just play lights out. Mm-hmm. No no reason for it. You're the exact same person you are the next day when you go and play horribly and you're super tight. Right. Like, what if, like, that's just their message? Like, we're literally not supposed to be here. We got in here because of some absolute BS. Right. Could have easily missed the playoffs because of a tie. Like, just, like let's just play Let's play for fun. Let's just have fun. Like, it's, it's one of those crazy. things, like, you know, like, the, the ultimate thing, like, you're down 15 in a basketball game. Just play basketball. Like, what else are you Back to the basics. Yeah, yeah exactly. What else are you going to your whole life. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's well, interesting. And they very well could get blown out by 20. But... He also just, like, you can tell it's his last season. Like, he doesn't yeah. care about what he says to the media. That was awesome. That's a, It's really good. That was probably the best interview I've ever seen. Yeah, I know. Yeah. We don't have a chance. Yeah, we don't, we don't have a chance. Like, just coming <laughs> straight out and saying that, that's so wild. I wonder what Mike Tomlin thinks about all that. I like unless, how, he, unless he's the mastermind of all that. Yeah. I like how he mentioned the betting line twice. We're, like, 13, 14-point underdogs, and he's like, we're probably, like, 20-point underdogs. <laughs> He's like, oh, dude, I wonder if he's, is he going to shave points? Like, uh, yeah, who's it, who's it, uh, the longest yard? The longest yard. He yeah, was yeah. a Pittsburgh quarterback. That's, dude, a, that's, that's a good connection, actually. That's so crazy. I actually watched the movie last night. That's why I was able to make that connection. Great movie. Yeah. Um, so my next question, we're going to kind of jump off of a question you previously had. Uh, what version of the Chiefs defense are we going to get? And to follow up with that, is that enough? Ooh. I think so, that's a loaded question. It's a very, very loaded question, and it's kind of meant to be. Mm-hmm. But let's also, like, I'm, and I want to bring break this down. This is a defense that you get to the Titans. You get to the Titans game, which is week, I think that's week seven. They lose 27-3 to to the Titans. Yeah. They're officially three and four. Uh, and then, obviously, from there, they are nine and one. Um However, when you get to that point, the issue is the defense. Everyone's talking about the defense. Daniel Sorensen like, is labeled the worst player maybe ever. Uh, you yeah. have infinite clips of Tyron Matthew with his hands up looking back at the secondary. So And they were chirping at the fans at one point. Yeah, exactly. They, yeah. Were, they were chirping at the fans who like pretty much calling them like fairweather fans. Yeah. Um, and then you get to, which is weird, they play Jordan Love. And they have a very underwhelming game. But squeak out a win. But squeak out a win. And, and it's like, okay, Mahomes, like something's wrong with Mahomes. Mm-hmm. When something's wrong with Mahomes, he needs to play the Raiders. So he plays the Raiders <laughs> the next week, and they bl- torch him. And from there on out, that defense, so Raiders game, they give up 14. Cowboys game, they give up 9 points. Broncos game, they give up 9 points. They play the Raiders again. They beat them by 39. They give up 9 points. They play the Chargers. Kind of a shootout. Crazy game. Give up 28 play the Steelers. They beat them 36-10. They played the Bengals in maybe the craziest game of the year, and that was a little scary. And then they played the Broncos last week, and they and a little scary, 28-24. So what version of this defense are we going to get? You know what I mean? That's yeah. the question. And I don't know, because you listed a couple of pretty good offenses in there, too, and to hold them like the Cowboys, what did you say, nine points? 19-9. They beat them 19-9. So, I mean, that's very impressive in itself. So yeah. you think that they would be able to play playoff ball, but... Playoff ball is a whole different beast. You never know. So, I don't know. I don't know what we're going to get out of them. I think either Patrick Mahomes and the offense are really going to have to carry the heavy load, mm-hmm. which is usually what has happened in the past. So, I think 
the offense may be ready for that. They may be t- they're kind of tailor-made to do that with all the weapons they have. Exactly. Especially with the addition of Creed Humphrey, who's been absolutely elite. Excuse me. He's phenomenal. He's, um, he's very phenomenal. Also, got a, I got a feeling we got a big Josh Gordon that would catcher, be so awesome. catcher game coming soon. That'd be amazing. Yeah. That would be super amazing if we saw him have a breakout. Yeah. But um, I don't know. I, I think with the version of the Chiefs that we have this year, like you mentioned, they were struggling a lot early on. I think it'd be beneficial, obviously, if the defense played a little better than they have historically to kind of give maybe a more inconsistent Chiefs offense kind of a breather, kind of yeah. a break a little bit. But those are just my hopes and aspirations. I'm not sure what exactly what type of uh, defense we're going to get from them this season. 100%. Politician answer, but I'll, I'll let it say. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, what's, what's your last one? Um, well, I actually have two more. Oh, yeah, We, yeah. we, we com- exactly. uh, combined one here. So one of mine is how will COVID and Omicron's ability to spread extremely rapidly affect the playoff procedures and players? Such a good question, and I have no idea how it's, this is going to happen. It's going to be wild, and that's like the thing, like, You'll never know as a team when a player is going to have to be put on the COVID list. It's something that, but it is something, at least you know that it's something every team is going to have to deal with at some point in time. You just have to pray that it's not your best players. You just got to be like, and, and still you got to pray. Like you just got to be as careful as possible. Yeah. Like you think if you were, you got to preach to your players, just like, please, in. Yeah. please just like do everything possible to just not get COVID. I mean, you notice they also, before the playoffs, they lightened up on all the testing as much as possible. Also very true, yeah. Um, which is, is like its own conversation. But um, I have no idea. It's so unfortunate. Like, I hate that this is still going on. And I hate that, like, something like that can dictate the Super Bowl. I mean, what, what do they do? What do you, what happens if Tom Brady tests positive for COVID right before the Super Bowl? If it's Brady, I think you let him play. But, but I, I think Goodell turns a, a little uh, eye. So what happens if Tom Brady tests positive? But like, what also happens if like Nick Bolton, the the Chiefs linebacker, tests positive? He's like he's played almost like the most snaps their entire defense. But like, you know what I mean? He's like it's, exactly. Yeah. It's it's so it's kind of politics. It's just I, so I think, tough to what, some degree. What if tomorrow? What if tomorrow? Or you know, yeah. What if tomorrow Brady? Derek Carr, Joe Burrow, and Pat Mahomes tested positive. Oh, dude. Would that be treated differently than if Jalen Hurts and... I don't know. uh, Jalen Hurts and Jimmy Garoppolo tested positive? I think 100%. I think if you're the league, like, unfortunately, like, if those four quarterbacks that you listed first aren't playing the opening round, like... Yeah. There's going to be a lot of money lost. But if Jimmy Garoppolo is playing against America's team and what's supposed to be, I think, could be one of the best games of the weekend, uh, I think that's an issue, too. Why, why should it be treated differently? But I think that could be better for TV because then you get Trey Lance coming in. And I think of a course. lot of people might want to see that, too. Of course. But not beneficial for the Niners. Yeah, not yeah. beneficial for the Niners, exactly. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. It's it's so flawed and like I don't polarizing really, conversation. I don't really know what the what you know the the protocols or what the the safety plans or precautionary plans they have mm-hmm. in store are, but man, I really really hope it doesn't affect the a big game. Yeah, I'd be more so worried for like I guess the Eagles, the Cards players, and then whoever goes to Tennessee because I mean Cards are playing; they're going to L.A. 
mm-hmm. a lot of stuff to do in LA. Yeah. Same thing, like the Eagles are getting out of the cold weather going to Florida, which I guess is going to be kind of cold when they're there. But like, you got to imagine. And then Tennessee with uh, Nashville. But unfortunately, like you can sit in your hotel room and someone can deliver you food That's and you can just get it. Very true. Especially with the new variant. Spreads yeah, super exactly. Valid. So, so you literally just have to, you, you just have to get lucky at the end of the day. It you is. Know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. Um, and then my last question, this is kind of just a joke question. Um, who's going to be the team that beats the Packers and shatters the hopes and dreams of old cheese heads and the younger cheese curds, which are the young children who support the Packers? Uh, if, if I were to say right now what I think is going to happen, I would say that the, the Niners are going to beat the Cowboys and they're going to be the lowest seed remaining and they're going to go to, they're going to go to Green Bay and they're going to beat them again in the playoffs. Do you think that the Cowboys, if they do end up beating the Niners, could beat the Packers? Uh, oh, they wouldn't play, huh? That's they right. potentially could. If if every favorite won, then the oh, okay. Cowboys would play them because they're the four seed. Well, the Cowboys uh, are the three seed. I mean, I'm sorry, then the yeah, Rams would the play them. The Rams would play them, yeah. Um, Do you think the Rams could beat them? I think any team in the NFL can beat any team right okay. now. Yeah, fair enough. Honestly. I think that's such a cop-out answer. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that every team is just as flawed as the other in their own way. 100%. And I think if you wanted to nitpick every team, you could. Yeah, easily. And so, like and even the Packers. If the, the Packers want to say they're invincible, they've been most most definitely the most impressive team throughout the entire year. They also have games where they've won by a combined four points in two games where they've gotten six turnovers to go their way, mm-hmm. and they haven't produced a single turnover. You yeah. know what I mean? And they lost on free class plays that easily could have gone you know, against them. Yeah, 100%. So, and, I mean, with Aaron Rodgers... It's always kind of bound to happen, right? Uh, Besides that fluke Super Bowl year, he likes to lose. So my last question, so by the way, uh, to answer you, I, I think what I think is going to happen is I think the Niners. I think the Niners are going to okay. go there, and I, I think the Niners are a scary team right now. I Dude, think For sure. Yeah. I think that they got their play calling unlocked and that mm-hmm. their, their defense is very scary. The, the pass rush is scary. Mm-hmm. Um, my last question, coincidentally, was does home field matter? And... I asked that because I've said for the past two weeks, thinking that it was going to be because it's been Titans Packers in the first spot. Right. Um, I don't think either one seed is going to make it out of their respective conference. Yeah, I don't. Um, I could see the Titans losing for sure as well. So, well, I think I think well, the they Titans, will for sure lose. I think that the Titans are a little scary, but I mean that with Derrick Henry back, they could easily run through a lot of teams. No, and, they're going to lose to the Steelers <laughs> and, and just out physical them, but. What I gotta say is like random stat, by the way. Um, people uh, people always say like the narrative is like you don't want to go to Green Bay. Like the last thing you want to do is go to Green Bay in the playoffs. Like Aaron Rodgers is five and three in the playoffs at home, and playing at home with home field advantage, he's never made it out of the NFC. The year he went to the Super Bowl, he was the wild card and played every game on the road. Um, so, quite honestly, like an Aaron Rodgers, you could go ahead and go to the Super Bowl this year, like would not care about going to Green Bay. Like, that's... I would not care at all. Like, mm-hmm. h- history says that it does not matter because he's a better quarterback on the road in the playoffs and historically. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, that's my take. I think that the home field does not does not matter this, th- right now. Well, I think especially, like, for the Cardinals, I know we touched on it before, you guys actually, for some reason, do better... On the road, at a, yeah. yeah. at away games, which is so odd. But, um, me personally, I think it does... It can have some effect. I don't know. Like, just 
the fans, I think, play so much into it. And I don't mean to be, like, referencing the Seahawks 12th man type deal. But, like, I think there is some truth to that uh, to some degree. Maybe it's not super influential, but just I think the fans can have an impact on the game. Oh, so being at home can most definitely be beneficial. But I don't think it's, like, end-all, be-all stat. Like, I, I think you can play equally as good as you can uh, away as you can play at home. Okay, I, I, at least I agree. I agree there. Mm-hmm. And I, I agree that I'm, I'm definitely not denying that fans are, are a thing. I just No, think, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, I more so, I just think that in the case of both teams that have, have home field advantage throughout the whole playoffs with the number one seed, I question truly, like, does that matter? Yeah. The, the Packers were the only team to go undefeated at home this year. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, we'll, I guess we'll find out. Wait, but, didn't they lose to New Orleans week one at home? I think that was on the road. Or maybe I'm tripping. I think that one was in uh, Green Bay, if I'm wrong. I, if I'm right, I might be wrong. Though. No, they went 8-0 at home. Oh, okay. Never mind. Jeez. 8-0 yeah. at home, 5-4 and four on the road. I don't know why I remember that game being in Green Bay. That's weird. Green I think, it, yeah, it was because it was in New Orleans because uh, the... Or no, I'm sorry. It was in Jacksonville because of the okay. hurricane. Because okay, the hurricane that's why. Because I was, I remembered it being an outdoor game. They moved it to Jacksonville because that's right. Okay. Didn't didn't the the Saints request it in Jacksonville because like Aaron Rodgers has like has the worst stats in Jacksonville of all cities? Wasn't that like the thing? There, I think that that was like the, was the comedic portion yeah. about it, but also like something was going on with their stadium, right? Well, it was the hurricane. Oh, dude. Yeah. Jeez, I'm so yeah. unaware. Yeah, of course. But very, very, very interesting. Yeah. Should we? I mean, we're we've kind of touched on everything. Should we just kind of do a little quick run through of of these games, throw out a little predictions, and and uh, call it a wrap there? Let's do it. All right. So as we mentioned, fantastic slate. I absolutely can't wait. I uh, oh, I actually have not mentioned by the way. Um, I will be going to LA for the game this weekend. Um, going on Saturday. It's gonna be so cool. I'm so excited to see the stadium. Can't wait. Uh, first Monday night playoff game in the wild card weekend ever. Oh, yeah, that is gonna be cool. With the expansion. Yeah. So let's just start it off with Saturday morning, or I mean Saturday afternoon. I'm sorry. Uh, Las Vegas at Cincinnati. So I think I kind of mentioned it earlier. I feel like the Bengals are kind of gonna throw all over the Raiders cornerbacks. That's just my I don't know. That's just how I think it's going to go down, just based on the last game, especially against the Chargers. They just could not cover anyone, even when the receivers were just dead tired. So I think Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase are going to have an absolute day, but I would not be surprised if the um, Raiders got it going with Carr and, I mean, receiver Zay Jones now. That's who he's been throwing. Zay Jones. I mean, dude, Hunter Renfro is a a Also very true. He's a killer. Can't not mention him. But I got Bengals. Okay, so very, very interesting, by the way. Uh, I actually, I, I'm leaning Raiders here, and you want to know why? Everybody's on the, the, the Bengals, I feel like. Everybody's talking about the Bengals. Mm-hmm. Uh, interestingly enough, the stat, I believe it's been mentioned on our, our pod at one point, uh, there's never been a tech sent in, uh, <laughs> in history that the Bengals have won a playoff game. So an, an interesting amount of hype and love for a, a team that, that has, uh, has never Want a playoff game in in our in our lifetimes at least, but at any rate, the uh, an interesting stat I saw was uh, that 
Here we go. Since 2003, NFL playoff teams that become smaller underdogs by a, by a point, i.e. like they're a four-point underdog and then they're a three-point underdog from the public, they've gone 43 and 14, 75% against the spread. So the Raiders moved from a six-and-a-half-point underdog to a five-and-a-half-point underdog. Um, I mean, that's just a random historical stat that's like a LeBron cherry-picked ESPN stat. But I... Uh, I think I, I just like I find it interesting that there's a lot of hype on the the Bengals and it sort of seems like the Raiders are an afterthought. I think that the Raiders are going to give them a game. I'm very scared to see how the Raiders can even handle T. Higgins and, and Jamar Chase, but I think that there's also a realistic chance that Josh Jacobs runs through the Bengals and Darren Waller is unguardable in his own aspects, mm-hmm. and and it comes down to some random missed field goal or random play and it could just be a shootout yeah i think it will be a shootout for sure i think it's going to be a hugely offensive game yep i would agree Mm -hmm. i can agree on that so my long-winded explanation is that i like the raiders okay so we defer yeah on that one uh second game the night game saturday night i cannot wait for this the patriots at the bills dude that one's tough for me i think the bills just mac jones being so young and in such a hostile environment with hostile weather, I think that the Bills will win it. But I will say that, as we mentioned, the Pats were very dominant in a cold-weather game, although the wind was blowing at, like, Mach 20. Yeah. So they couldn't throw the ball. So hopefully uh, Josh Allen will actually be able to throw the ball this time. So I guess I'm going to side with the Bills. I'm going to side with the Bills, too, and to give the Bills respect, I, I believe, on our roundtable. We had a roundtable with Sammy and Carl right after that at a Pats-Bills game in the, in the cold. And I told and I said there that I think the Bills are a better team, and I think they would have won the game had there been normal weather conditions that were, that permitted throwing the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, well, they played again. The, the Bills dominated them in, in New England. Um, you know, I mean, it was, it was 33-21, but the Bills truly were running the game the entire, the entire time. Uh, I... Can't say I expect an easy out because I think that no one. I mean, why would you want to play Bill Belichick in the first round? You don't. Uh, but I'm gonna I'm gonna side with the Bills here. So we're gonna we're gonna split the first one. Are you writing these down? I'll write these down. Sorry. Oh, I can actually. Uh, so then Sunday morning, um, started off with Eagles in Tampa Bay. We sort of talked about this a little bit. Um, I want to know how you're feeling here. I think that this is going to be surprising to a lot of people. I think this is going to be a better game than, than people think. Um, my initial thoughts are that you never want to go against Brady in the first round, kind of like we mentioned. Should, yep. Um, Why would you? And the Bucks, even though they do have a ton of injuries, are still a pretty good team, and I think they've proved that in the past couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. But, like I said, I could... Dude, the Eagles with that running attack. And they're also just... Their O-line is so physical. Yeah, they're a very, very physical team. I'm going to make the sneaky pick and go Eagles. I like that a lot. I think it's a really fun pick. That's going to be fun to watch that game with, with, with your with your pride on the Eagles. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Because, I mean, if they lose, then it's like, oh, yeah. the Eagles lost. Like Everyone expected that. Of course. Um, I'm going to pick the Bucks here to win. I think that, like you said, hard to hard to really see... Brady getting knocked out in, in the wild card round. Mm-hmm. However, I will say I, I've been adamant. I think that this is a much scarier matchup for the Bucks than, than people think. I think that the Eagles are going to throw the, everything they can at them, and and maybe too much for the the Bucks to handle. Yeah, I, 
I'm pretty confident the Bucks are going to win, but I, I could see an Eagles win with their physicality, so I'm definitely sticking with them. I like it. All just, right. just for fun. Niners at Dallas. This is going to be a home game for the Niners. I think this is actually a pretty evenly matched game. I think this is going to be a very good game. I, th- I agree with that. It's I think this be might be the best game of the week. Now, I don't know who... I'll probably just go Cowboys. Um... Actually, I want to change that. I'm going to go Niners. I'm going Niners, personally. I want, to, I want to go Niners now. I was thinking about, I was like, oh, Michael Parsons coming off the edge. I was like, oh, Trent Williams sitting on the edge. Yeah. Like, it's just going to be a very rough game for, I feel like, the uh, the Cowboys defense. Which, by the way, uh, Trayvon Diggs, he got, what, 11 interceptions? Sucks yeah. at coverage, but no yeah. one likes to mention that. So it's kind of funny that he's even in talks for, like, Defensive Player of the Year. I think Debo Samuel and even Brandon Ayuk, they're going to have themselves a day. I would agree. I think that this is going to be a very, very interesting game. I think that uh, the Niners are scary right now. I think that once they get the, the run mo- going and the play calling, and uh, I think it's going to be, for for both teams, it's going to be interesting. The pass rushes on both mm-hmm. sides are, are lethal, and the secondary is also a question mark at the same time for both teams. Yep. So I would go, I'm going to go Niners with just, the physicality, uh, you know, Kittle, the run attack with Elijah Mitchell, um, you know, Ayuk and, and Debo. I, I think that this is going to be interesting. And, and pay attention to how many Niners fans are in the stands. I think it's going to be a home game for the Niners. Uh, <laughs> What's up next? Steelers at Chiefs to end Sunday <laughs> night. Arguably the the worst game of the front. Uh, the Steelers, as Big Ben said, have no chance. Um and so is that going to make you pick Steelers? <laughs> I thought about it. I'm going to have to pick the Chiefs here. I think that the Chiefs are. I'm not. I'm just not going to overthink it. I'm not going to justify it too much. I'm just going to say Chiefs. I think that they're a more talented team, and I think that they win. I'm going to second that wholeheartedly. Uh, I think Patrick Mahomes is going to have a very nice night, as is Travis Kelsey and uh, Terry Kill. I don't think the Steelers' offense will present too much of a challenge to the Chiefs' defense. I think it'll be kind of like, I'd see it as like a nice warm-up game. A nice like cupcake game that like college teams get in like the first couple of weeks. Unless Big Bang gets cooking. That's Anything last, can happen. That's the last thing you want. Yeah. But I, I am also going to take the Chiefs in that game. Okay, we'll play it safe there. And then, the game you are attending. The finale. The finale. Uh, the fir- as, as mentioned, the first Monday night wildcard football game. Uh, in history, uh, the Arizona Cardinals are playing in LA, uh, playing the division champs in their own division for the third time. The Rams, uh, yeah, I, I want to hear what you got to say. I'm excited for this game. You I, know, I think this is going to be a really good game. I can't wait to see it. This is another tough one, kind of like Cowboys Niners, where I could see it kind of going either way. And like you've mentioned, similar with the Bills in the past, these two teams have obviously faced each other twice mm-hmm. splitting those games um i'll just ask do you know if uh connor is playing i what, what i know is that chase edmonds will be playing he confirmed okay. in, a, in a in his press conference and he also said that uh this is near verbatim uh i'm not a doctor but i find it very hard to believe that james connor will miss that game okay uh, and then also, I don't know if you know, what is the news on Hopkins? Also, he's I don't not think... Playing. Okay, he's not playing. We Hopkins is after the year. We didn't mention... Okay, J.J. Watt will be, though. J.J. Ja, ja, uh, Watt 
will be playing. Okay. Um, I cannot wait to, to see oh. him back in the uniform. Okay. He's back. This is a tough decision, and I'm not doing it just because you're sitting across from me, but I'm going to go cards here, actually. I think Stafford started off the season very, very hot, but as of late, he's looked a little sloppy. Um, I don't know if that's just because he doesn't have chemistry with certain receivers that are having to play in uh, uh, Robert Wood's absence, mm-hmm. but I'm going to have to go cards here. Uh, I mean, I'm, which obviously you're going to do as well. I'm going to follow it up by going with the cards. Uh, this is going to be interesting. Uh, this, the cards uh, have stumbled into the playoffs. They've not looked good in the past five weeks. Truly, at, at, at many points at all, or maybe if at any point, um, I I can't wait to see Kyler's first playoff game. That's I a big point of emphasis. Yeah, I I mean, I just. I really, honestly, like, I, I can't even dive too much into it because I think there's so many ways you can look at the game and so many different facets that are going to define it. But I am very, very interested, very, very interested to see how AJ Green plays. He ha- has done very well against the Rams uh, this year. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, I think that this is a game that's going to come down to turnovers, as you mentioned, and. The last game we played in in Arizona on Monday night, uh, Kyler had two interceptions. It was, I think, his first game with zero touchdowns and two interceptions. Um, and one of them was essentially a pick six. It was intercepted and brought to, like, the six-yard line. So I, I think that the Cardinals are going to be able to, if, if they can play a clean football game, that they're, this is a game that they can very, very very, very feasibly win, and it would be very interesting to, to have that end to the season for the Rams. Yeah, and besides, I feel like besides Ramsey, obviously, being out there playing uh, in coverage, Kyler has to be licking his chops when he hears that Eric Weddle is going to be a safety for the Rams in that game, who hasn't played in, what, a couple years now at this point? That was interesting. I did not really understand that move at all from from the uh, from the Rams. Yeah. Not, I wasn't really sure what the, the thought process was there. Yeah, very odd. You could have gotten a younger guy, maybe... I don't know. But who knows? I mean, hopefully he doesn't prove that wrong. I would, I would be devastated. No, I, I think he'll be okay there, to be completely honest. But I I can't wait. It's going to be an amazing game, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I, I hate that I'm like kind of lackadaisical on getting into the into the game because I'm sort of like nervous to really truly analyze it. Understandable. Uh, Card's first playoff game since 2015. So, Which we don't even want to talk about that playoff game. Yeah. Well, we beat the, we did beat the Packers uh, in that playoff run, and then we lost. We got blown out by the Panthers. So, oh, okay, yeah. yeah, yeah. Our last playoff game, we got last blown playoff out. game. Yeah, yeah, our last playoff game, we got blown out of it. Uh, but yeah. I'm so excited for the playoffs. Oh my! Yeah, it's gonna be a great slate, like you mentioned. It's also very good to be back in mm-hmm. in the pod room. Oh, 100. Uh, percent Since we did have a little bit of a longer hiatus this time due to the holidays, but we will be back putting out episodes as usual, probably about once a week. But uh, exactly. As we mentioned, um, we do have an NBA podcast coming up pretty soon that we are going to get to you guys eventually. Uh-huh. So We've been lacking. We've, we've been lacking, but since the season's been picking up, we're definitely going to get that out, especially for the trade deadline, just so we can kind of talk about all those moves that may happen, kind of speculate on that, and it should be a pretty good time. 100%. So expect the, the NBA pod, expect uh, some NFL coverage after the, these wild card yep. uh, games, and wow, I really, really hope that this is a fruitful trip to LA it should be interesting I, I can't imagine that'd be a pretty fun stadium to walk out of being as massive as, 
massive as it is uh, yeah. after a loss. So I can't wait to see that stadium. Dude, it's going to be so crazy. It's going to be very, very cool. Very insane. So uh, we will we'll catch up next week, and and then by the uh, when we're getting a little closer to the Super Bowl, and then getting out of the Super Bowl, we can we we'll get into the off season, and we've sort of had some talks about uh, doing some draft stuff. So. Yeah. We got well, some plans coming up for everybody. Yeah, so we still have NFL coverage going on be, yep. uh, beyond this. Mm-hmm. All right, go cards.